ಕಥಾಂಚನಾಸ್ಮೃತೆಯಸ್ಮಿಂದುಸ್ಕರಂಸುಕರಂಭವೇತ್ಮೃತೆ Hare Krishna. Thank you for joining again for the last day of the PS trip. I have been asked to speak on two topics. Uh, chanting, sorry, prayers and uh, scriptures. <coughs> both. And since both are connected, uh, I will be speaking about how we will be integrating both the topics, scriptures and prayers. now the foundation of this discussion will be i am going to be sharing with you five tools or five techniques uh, which you can practice by which you can uh, feel a more meaningful relationship with krishna but before we discuss these five tools um, i want to emphasize again please don't be misled by the simplicity of this often you know we are looking for something complicated but krishna consciousness is very simple Shri Prabhupada often said it is simple for the simple and complicated for the complicated. So, we will simplify these things, uh, especially the process of prayer. And in the process of prayer, there are five steps. <clears throat> Before we discuss these five steps, I want to ask uh, one question to all of you. How many of you feel, have you ever felt confused while practicing Krishna consciousness in the sense, you are not sure whether it is krishna or the paramatma inspiring you or whether it is your mind speaking oh i'm not alone <laughs> so this is one of the uh, most common problems devotees face is this paramatma saying or is this the mind right so how do we distinguish between the main uh, theme of this presentation will be the tools that we are going to discuss will help us separate the voice of the paramatma from the noise of the mind that's the agenda or that's the presentation all about so the noise of the mind the chatter of the mind yapping constantly the mind is speaking but there is silent reassuring voice of krishna also in the heart and often we think we are so unqualified we are always meditating on our inadequacies so much that we think how can i hear krishna's voice am i a pure devotee <laughs> no we don't have to be a pure devotee to hear krishna's voice in fact krishna is very emphatically declared in the 10th chapter of gita please repeat this verse after me and this is this verse is all about is about you and me krishna is assuring us the 10th chapter 10th verse tesham satata yukta naam tesham satata yukta naam ಭಜತಾಂ ಪ್ರೀತಿಪೂರ್ವಕ ದಿ ಬುದ್ಧಿಯೋಗಿಯರ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೇಂಗ್ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಡಸ್ ಡಿವೋಷನಲ್ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ವಿತ್ ಲವ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಫೆಕ್ಷನ್ ವಿಚ್ ವಾಸ್ ಅ ಟಾಪಿಕ್ ಅ ಫ್ಯೂ ಡೇಸ್ ಎಗೋ ಭಜತಾಂ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಎಫೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಲವ್ ಸೊ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಡಸ್ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವಿತ್ ಪ್ರೀತಿಪೂರ್ವಕ ದಿ buddhi yogam i will give the intelligence 
studying scriptures regularly maybe 5 minutes every day maybe 10 minutes consistency in scripture study or hearing propas lecture or your guru maharaj lectures some time with scriptures this is extremely important because scriptures when we connect to scriptures we are accessing an intelligence beyond our own so that is the first foundational step the second step is listen when you pray generally when we pray we think i have to keep talking to the lord we think prayer means talking to the lord you know we are constantly telling krishna i want this krishna i want this it's all about my needs my feelings my problems <laughs> but in prayer there is also an element of listen on sri prabhupada last what is the best technique for chanting hare krishna how do we chant hare krishna attentively what was sri prabhupada technique he gave anybody knows you chant and then you hear what you once i asked one very senior prabhupada disciple he said uh, that prabhupada gave us three techniques to improve our chanting and what are those three techniques he said listen listen and listen listen to the holy name means you are listening to krishna so listen when you pray or when we are in the temple hall for example it's not always you don't have to always be praying doesn't mean always talking and telling the lord everything it's also it also means being in that sacred space and not resisting what's coming like right now you're not resisting you know you are like you have come you have come for the class you don't know what i'm going to speak but there is this faith there is this trust so internally also if you release that resistance then you are listening you are allowing yourself to be influenced by the sound vibration so these are the five two of the five steps first is what spend time with scripture second listen when you pray now these are practices which have to be practiced over a period of time but the third fourth and fifth can be done you can see the results immediately the third is make a commitment to krishna it could be like you know you visit radha gokulan temple at the manor uh, maybe twice a week so let's say you come on monday evening so you make a commitment to radha gokulananda that krishna radharani i i commit to you that before i come to you next time i am going to appreciate five devotees sincerely not flatter them i am going to genuinely appreciate and i am giving an example now So this is the commitment you have made to the Lord, and then the fourth step. Can you guess what it is? What could be the fourth step? Yeah, keep up that commitment. Yes, Mark, keep up that commitment. It's easy to make a commitment to Krishna and then forget it. So keep that commitment. It, it doesn't have to be something very big. So then, rest of the day, rest of the week, you. you call up some devotee you appreciate some devotee you serve some devotee because you made a commitment to krishna 
So this is the fourth step. And the fifth is the most important. Can you guess what it is? Any guesses? What is the fifth step? Evaluate. Evaluate? No. We are not talking about, uh, yeah, it's not evaluation. It's something close, but not evaluation. What is the fifth step in this process? So what is the first? Scriptures. Second? Listen when you pray. Third? Make a commitment. Fourth? Keep up that commitment. And the fifth is the most important. What it could be. Yes, Vishnu. Repeat one to four. Repeat one to four. <laughs> you are right. Repeat one to four. You are very close. Yes. But there is something specific I am looking for. Yes. I saw a hand raised here. No. Anybody? Yes, Nandukapra. Have an accountability partner? Uh, you are very, very close. See, we are talking about improving our relationship with Krishna. We are talking about how to hear the voice of the conscience, how to hear Krishna's voice in the heart, the Paramatma's voice in the heart. So you have done the four steps. The fifth step, all of you are there, almost there. What is the fifth step? So this third, fourth step is uh, regarding whom? Whom are you making commitment to? Krishna. So what is the, what could be the fifth step? Yes. No. <laughs> Association of devotees is very important, obviously. Yes. Yes, you are right. She is saying, be honest with Krishna. So, I will paraphrase what you are saying. You made a commitment to Krishna. You are going to work on that commitment. And the fifth step is return and report to Krishna. That is being honest with Krishna. So, even if you can't keep up the commitment to Krishna, but when you come back to Radha Gokulananda after three days, and you say, I promised you that I will appreciate five devotees. I couldn't do it. I forgot. <laughs> but at least you didn't forget to come back to Krishna. So you have, you have come one step closer to Krishna, although you forgot the commitment. See, I have seen many devotees. I mean, we all, I, I don't want to take names. I think we all go through this struggle where we are Krishna and where we are Maya. We have to make a choice. How many of you have faced this choice of Krishna over Maya? All of you have faced, right? So we generally, we are supposed to choose what? Krishna. But often we also slip and we choose Maya over Krishna. But then what happens? Devotees, because they choose Maya over Krishna, they think their case is hopeless. They think they are lost. They think they are fallen. There is a difference between falling down and falling away. <laughs> you may have fallen down, but you, not, you don't have to fall away. So we rise and we come back to Krishna. So, although you may not choose Krishna over Maya always, but you can always seek forgiveness from Krishna. You can always take permission from Krishna. You can always uh, seek redemption from Krishna. Isn't it? Is, is that difficult? Are we so fallen that we can't turn to Krishna? I mean, Osama bin Laden, I'm sure his mom must have loved him. Right? And nobody here is as vicious as Osama bin Laden. And Krishna is definitely much, much, much more loving and compassionate than any mother of this world. Prabhupada writes in the Dhruva Maharaj section, the fourth canto. He paraphrases Suniti's instruction to Dhruva. Suniti is telling Dhruva, uh, my dear child, I am giving you love and affection, but if you go to Krishna, Krishna's soft and tender-hearted dealing with his devotees is million, it will surpass millions of mothers of this world. So that's what 
This is what Srila Prabhupada writes in the fourth canto. So, basically Krishna is uh, definitely going to be there even if we have failed in our commitment. What, what Krishna is waiting to see is are we coming back to him? And when we do that, what happens is our conscience evolves. Remember the theme of this trip is elevate your consciousness, right? So if you want to elevate our consciousness, we have to keep coming back to Krishna. So these are the five steps. Actually, there are some uh, very traditional monasteries which practice these five steps. And uh, we are trying to Krishnaize it. I was very startled when I read first time this book by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And then he written another book called Time on Time Management called, I forget the name of that book. It's The Clock and the Compass, uh, something. Yeah. So, and he talks about conscience in these books. Remember again, he's not a Hare Krishna devotee. And he's saying that if we want to really uh, take decisions in life and we want to align our decisions to universal principles and we want to know that we are right. We want to have clarity. We want to navigate through the sea of confusion. Then we need to evolve our conscience. And then naturally you would ask, how will our conscience evolve? And he says, we should study scriptures. I was like, what? He's saying scriptures? Is he a Hare Krishna devotee? Then I thought maybe his definition of scriptures is something else. You know, everybody has their own definition. So, so let, I went to the appendix to see what exactly does he mean by scriptures. And I was fascinated. The list of books which he includes in scriptures included Bhagavad Gita, Mahabharata and Ramayana. So I was like, wow, this man is not a Hare Krishna devotee, but he knows the power of scriptures. It's very important. Scriptures is the first step. Extremely important for us to... So I'll repeat that. Let's repeat the five steps and then we'll go to the first point. What is the five steps? First step? Studying study the scriptures. Second? Listen when you pray. Third, make a commitment to Krishna. Fourth, keep up that commitment. And fifth, return and report to Krishna. So we'll go to the first one now, which is studying of scriptures. Now, regarding scriptures, The, the main reason why we study scriptures is because we want to improve our awareness and get clarity. See, without scriptures, we may have awareness of our mind. But without scriptures, um, we could still be misled, even though we may be, our intelligence may be very strong. There are people who have strong intelligence. Uh, but still they are dangerous to the society because they are not connected to higher intelligence. The classic example of this is Hitler. You know, Hitler used to write journals every day. He had a very high degree of self-awareness. He could separate his mind from his himself. His intelligence, he, he could, with, with the help of his intelligence, he could see his mind as separate from himself. That's what journal writing does. It improves your awareness. But because he was not connected to transcendental intelligence, uh, intelligence higher than himself, he went on to do what he did. So, awareness or journaling 
without a conscience can make us hitler conscience is very important Evo evolving our conscience is very important so many times we have awareness we may have awareness we can separate our mind from ourselves and if you do some breathing simple breathing exercises or journaling you can see what your mind is telling you and you may think wow i am so good my intelligence is so good i can see with my intelligence i can see my mind <coughs> but imagine your intelligence gets corrupted then what will you do so therefore simply being aware of the mind is not sufficient <clears throat> we need to be aware of the false ego also and how can we become aware of the false ego with our intelligence because false ego is subtler than intelligence you see intelligence is subtler than mind intelligence is more powerful than mind so with the intelligence you can control mind but false ego is more powerful than intelligence so how can we control the false ego with our intelligence we need a higher level of awareness awareness two awareness one is with intelligence we can see the mind but awareness two is when we can see the ego because <clears throat> one of the most uh, one of the uh, least discussed topics in spiritual circles is the false ego we love to talk about the mind i have seen mind mind seminars are very popular manage the mind yes yes i want to manage the mind but if you say manage the false ego very few people will register for the course because we don't realize how powerful and deadly the false ego is because our identity is merged with the false ego and you know what is the mind and intelligence simply mind and intelligence are simply bodyguards of this ego <clears throat> you know it's like there is a mafia don you know a boss is uh, is like he just issues a diktat and then his two bodyguards fulfill it like you know uh, in india the prime minister announces india should be clean swachh bharat abhiyan clean india that's it that's all he does and then he has his ministers who execute it similarly the false ego declares i am the enjoyer everything is for me that's it then nothing else the false ego doesn't say anything else then the mind is the first servant of the false ego what does the mind do mind's job is simply accept and reject so anybody <clears throat> anything helps me in my enjoyment i accept it anything doesn't help me in enjoyment i reject it that's the mind's job and once the acceptance and reject rejection is done by the mind then intelligence jumps into the <coughs> game and what does intelligence do analysis determination planning all of this to justify what the mind has accepted or rejected all basically in pursuance of the ego's desire like let's say one of your friends comes and appreciates you you are such a nice person you know you are so good for immediately the false ego is happy yes ah i enjoy it and what will the mind do immediately the mind will accept him because he is appreciated you and what will the intelligence do intelligence will say he is such an intelligent man intelligence will now starting start seeing good qualities in that person and the same guy tomorrow you come to know that he's been gossiping about you so the false ego is furious i am an enjoyer somebody is chastising me so false ego is upset false ego is disturbed and then what will the mind do immediately in this case what is the mind's job 
accept and reject. So what will the mind do in this case? Reject him. And what will the intelligence do? Intelligence will supply arguments. Oh, he has become puffed up. He is very proud. He needs to become humble. All this is intelligence giving arguments. The same person, I, I, I'm sure you must have experienced this, right? Same person, sometimes we, we feel love for him and the next day we feel anger. So mind intelligence can create havoc in our lives. So we may claim to have a degree of certain degree of awareness, but very few of us have an awareness of the false ego. Therefore, we need a intelligence. We need an intelligence higher than our intelligence, which is scriptures, because scriptures are non-different from Krishna. So, when we connect to transcendental sound vibration, we have some chance of overcoming the tricks that mind and intelligence play. So, therefore, <coughs> scriptures is the first step in listening to Krishna's voice in our heart. Because ultimately, we are suffering in this world because of aham mameti, I, me, mine. And that's why we can't renounce sense gratification. And Srila Prabhupada in the Bhagavatam repeatedly says, if we want to experience Krishna, we should be able to give up sense gratification. We should be able to renounce. But we are unable to renounce because of this aham mameti, this is mine, this is mine. So we land in trouble because of this ego-driven conception. Srila Prabhupada gives the example that if you are a foreigner and you come to a, you, you come to a foreign country, you can't fool around there. You have to be very careful. If you break the rules there, you will be in trouble. Srila Prabhupada says, we are foreigners in this material world. We can't try to enjoy here. This is not, this is not our place. So we have to be careful and because you are not careful, we land in trouble. So, Therefore, we need we need to be uh, we need to have higher intelligence which will protect us. Otherwise, we are like you know I have seen in one program I was doing a program in before coming here Janmashtami after Janmashtami program. One child is just is what three and a half years old. After the program, everybody was talking to each other. This child just went and he picked up a knife. There was a knife kept for uh, cutting some. There was a college uh, uh, gymnasium. We were having a program in that college gymnasium and in the side they had some knives kept for cutting some boxes, some, uh, some, some things, some papers. So that child picked up that knife and was playing with it. And suddenly somebody saw and ran and picked up that child. So children have this, uh, you know, children lack this sense of discrimination. They don't know what is harmful. They just pick up anything. Similarly, Srila Prabhupada often said, we are like children because our mind and intelligence is not trained. We pick up Rajoguna activities, Tamoguna activities, which are harmful for us. We are not in, we are carried away by the mind and intelligence, which is intelligence which is contaminated. So we need somebody higher. And Srila Prabhupada is that person for us. You know, when, when I was a young boy, when I was four years old, I saw my brother almost die. My one year younger to me, he was three years old. So my mom, see, during those days in India, many mothers gave birth to their children in their ancestral house, not in the hospital. So all of us, all brother, all three of us brothers were born in our house, in our ancestral house. So I was four, my brother was three, and my mother had just given birth to our youngest brother, and she was in labor, and she was in the she was at, she was in the room there inside, and it's a village setting like this, trees, forest, and there was a small pond. 
and we were around eight to nine children, all four, three, five-year-old children. And I remember as we were playing, my youngest, my younger brother, he fell into that pond, and he was drowning. He was actually dying. And we all we didn't know what is death then. You know, I mean, we knew something is wrong. And I still haven't forgotten his face. If I close my eyes and meditate, I can see his face. You know, that look of helplessness. He knows something is going wrong, and he's not even crying, and he just. And I can see him going down, going down, and we are all standing at the, the corner, you know, at the edge of the pond, and we are like some of us are crying, and some of us are just, you know, stupefied. We are just stunned. We don't know what to do. And he's going down, 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 and suddenly my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, she was drawing water from the well, in a distance, and she saw. She just dropped everything and she screamed, and she came running. And she picked up my brother, and she, you know, she kissed him. She and then she shouted at all of us. I don't know what she said. <laughs> she was yelling and she was going, she was going crazy. And then she, then she took him, and we all followed her. And then I remember very clearly my grandmother telling us something to the effect, exact words I don't remember. Don't never go near that pond, you know. Till recently also when I walk, I remember there is some subconscious fear of going near that place. So why I'm saying this is as children we we have no idea what is happening. So Prabhupada is you know I many times fancy Prabhupada like my grandmom, <laughs> you know he is shouting yelling rascal because we we don't even know that we are drowning. We are clueless. We are helpless. And Shri Prabhupada is saying rascal you fool. And so much compassion. So we need to have that grandmotherly higher intelligence somebody superior to us. to guide us and that's why scriptures play a very important role please don't be discouraged if you don't find practical solutions to your day to day problems in scriptures you will find if you remember one one example i'll give you which will make which which may convince you how scriptures can give practical solutions to your day to day problems you may say i'm not getting a good job can scriptures help me will study of bhagavad gita help me get a better job yes it will Well, which chapter will which chapter does it which chapter explains that? Well, there is no chapter, but if you read Bhagavad Gita daily, then what happens is your intelligence, which is contaminated right now, gets purified, right? And then you are driven by Krishna. Krishna guides you. It's like it's like going to a military academy. One of my uh, very close friends is a devotee. he has studied in uh, he is one of the national security guard commandos you know that infamous or famous incident that happened some years ago in mumbai when terrorists attacked a five star hotel and they killed many people so then this nsg commandos entered and they drove out the terrorists so he was one of them nilesh his name is nilesh he was one of the fighters who entered and who helped save people is a devotee so i was asking him how does your training happen so he said something very interesting he said we go through rigorous four years training and one of the things they do in their training is they study all the famous battles that have been fought in the world including battle of somme uh, napoleon wars second world war american civil war some battles in the american civil war and they studied rigorously and they have exams on the different battle that have been fought so then i said so so what does this do he says so when we study all these battles and wars our intelligence gets sharpened we know that there are these wars that are happening and what happened what general did what what mistakes they did all these things we learn now then 
Now, when they entered the hotel to flush out the terrorists and fight them, he didn't. They didn't think. Okay, now we have studied these so many wars. Now, which one should I copy paste here? Which <coughs> of those battles can the strategies can be used here? No, they didn't do anything like that. When they entered the battlefield, it was spontaneous, based on their collective study over the last four years during the academy. All of that study sharpened their intuition, their conscience, and they were able to. uh improvise and come with the perfect solution at that particular point of time now that solution the strategy which they made to fight the terrorists may not have been in any of their courses in their syllabus but because they studied those wars when they entered the battlefield they could navigate through they could make a strategy on at that time similarly you know we study scriptures we study so many case studies dhruv maharaj you know parikshit maharaj this may have nothing to do with our day to day life our day to day daily bread and butter problems but we study the scriptures faithfully our conscience gets evolved our intuition gets sharpened and when we are in a situation of this material world we are able to improvise we are able to take the right decisions guided by krishna because there are situations in devotees lives also when senior devotees initially they guide us they tell us what to do but a time comes in our lives they won't take decisions for us they 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 what they do is they tell us the pros and cons of both choices and then they say prabhu but the decision is yours so we feel helpless and then we know we know that we need to depend on krishna we can't just depend on somebody to tell us i learnt it very early in my ashram life when i joined my first seva was to serve prasadam on sunday feast program and uh, i was very liberal in serving the sweet prasadam and our guru maharaj would do kirtans for long hours and half the devotees would be upstairs dancing in the kirtan and the other half would come down for prasadam and then they would come for second helping of the sweet halwa and i would give them abundantly generously and then when the devotees came down after the kirtan and they would say where is the sweet prasadam i would say it's all over but you should have kept something for us And we have we had such a long kirtan, you know, and we are excited about prasadam now, and there is no sweet prasadam. How could you do that? So I knew that I had offended them, I had displeased them. So next Sunday, I, I didn't serve the second helping for those devotees who were there for prasadam, and they were upset. And they said, Prabhu, see, everybody gets what they want. They want kirtan, they are getting kirtan. <laughs> we want prasadam, let us get prasadam. So then I knew I displeased them. <clears throat> so I asked my counselor, Goranga Prabhu, Prabhu, what should I do? So am I offending the devotees by not keeping sweet prasadam for them as they are dancing in kirtan? He said, "Yes, of course, but you are offending them." And then I said, "But when the devotees are asking me for halwa prasadam, second helping, and if I don't give them, I think I am offending them also." He said, "Yes, yes, you are offending them also. <laughs> What should I do?" He said, "You decide." <coughs> so you know, you, this is a simplistic example I am giving, but there are more complicated cases. You know, devotees having should I marry, not get married? What about this job and those kind of things? so devotees won't tell you exactly what to do you have to follow your heart you have to follow the krishna's guidance in your heart so when that situation happens but if you have had a practice of studying scriptures every day then you will be guided by krishna and secondly the second step is also very important second step is what listen when you pray so first step is clear studying scriptures how it helps so it helps you to connect to higher intelligence
See, again, before we go to listen when we pray, I'll come back to scriptures a little bit because um, the the idea of false, the, the conception of the false ego is very, very deep-rooted. Hitler, you know, at one time he said, uh, his, his right-hand man was Himmler, Himmler and Hakeman. They were his trusted lieutenants. So Himmler used to read the, used to swear by the Gita. He never studied the Gita. But he said, Hitler is Krishna and I am Arjuna. And uh, he justified the Holocaust by saying that uh, we are not the body, we are the soul anyways. Nobody dies. He used to quote this verse, never, never was a time when I did not exist, nor you did not exist. So you can see how dangerous the false ego is. You know, it's not easy uh, just to think that, okay, I'm sharp, I'm intelligent. The jihadist terrorists are also very intelligent. So we can't depend on our intelligence. We need higher intelligence. Because with uh, our intelligence, we can have awareness at level one. We will be able to separate our mind. But rising above the mind is not our goal of life. You know, we want to connect with Krishna. And to connect with Krishna, we have to rise above the false ego. And to rise above false ego, we need to do something higher. We need, to do some, we need grace. You know, to rise above the mind, we need uh, alertness. We need to have... It is powered by intelligence to rise above the mind. Awareness 1 is powered by intelligence. But awareness 2 is powered by grace. It's soul. It's a soul which is connecting to Krishna. So therefore, we can't undermine the importance of scriptures. So having said this, now let's say you are studying scriptures regularly. Then the second step is when you are chanting Hare Krishna, when you are taking part in Sankirtan, when you are sitting in front of the deities, or when you are in the class also, you are listening when you are praying. Listen. Listen means don't resist what's coming. Don't doubt. Have faith. With faith when we listen. Then the magic happens. So if you listen to the holy name, Burujan, uh, Burujan Prabhupada has written a very beautiful book called uh, Japa. And he mentions very nicely there how uh, when we listen to the holy name and we chant Hare Krishna, the key is to listen to the syllables Hare Krishna and Ram. So if we constantly listen to the holy name as we are chanting, what is the reward we get? We think love of Krishna. He says, no. First you will get awareness of your false ego. And he says, the gift of listening to the holy name is not love of Krishna at first. It is humility. Because we will feel shocked at the anarthas that are there in our heart. You know, sometimes devotees say, I am very fallen. To actually feel that you are fallen, to actually feel you are inadequate, means you are really chanting very well. Because that's Krishna showing you the mirror. It's not easy. When we listen, we actually listen to... See, what do you think Krishna will tell you when you listen to the holy name attentively? Will Krishna say, Prabhu, I love you? Is that the only thing Krishna will tell you? Krishna will also tell you what a nonsense you are. Just, in, just like in a loving relationship, if you really love someone, your spouse is not only going to say, is not only going to whisper sweet nothings into your ear. <laughs> he or she is also going to give you sauce. That happens, right? You can ask any grahastha. <laughs> Grahasthas have this, unanimous, everybody is unanimous in this. It's not only about uh, 
you know, lovey-dovey talks. Similarly with Krishna, when we are chanting and listening to the holy name attentively, it's not that Krishna is only going to say, oh, he's only going to give us ecstasy in chanting. It's also going to be, you are, you are nonsense. You have these anarthas. You are a rascal, you know. It's like mirror being shown to us. And that's why devotees who chant sincerely, they are very sober. You'll see they are humble. Because humility is a gift that Krishna gives us. Sometimes we think humility is, you know, it's not some fruit that is hanging on a tree and we just go and pluck it, you know, I become humble now. <laughs> humility is a gift of Krishna because he sees, when we are attentive, when we are attentive in our relationship with Krishna, we get the gift of humility. And in that humility, when we chant, we get love of Krishna. That is a connection. So, just like in, just like in relationship in this world, you need, you get uh, love in different forms. Krishna's love also comes in different forms. It's not only in uh, feeling of ecstasy. Like I had one friend of mine. I think I told this story before. But not in this group, but I have to tell you this. There was one boy I was preaching to when he was in college. And then he fell in love with a girl. He wanted to marry her and then she wanted to marry him. But the parents are opposing. Very dramatic, just like a typical Bollywood pot boiler, Bollywood thriller movie. Finally, they got married. <coughs> and they lived happily ever after. No. And if there is any lie spoken. You know, these movies, Bollywood movies, they end with this. After the hero and heroine, they come together, they get married, and then it says, and they lived happily ever after. If there's any lie spoken, this is, this is the biggest lie. <laughs> so anyway, they are, they, are, they are married, they are, they are together, but after a few years of marriage, and uh, one day, we were coming back from a program, and the sound system, the microphone, now this reminds me, I was told to make an announcement, that during the Harinam at Madrid, uh, the mic, one of the mics got lost. So it was belonging to the Madrid Iskon temple, it seems. So the devotees were telling me to make an announcement and if somebody has that microphone, please give it to the temple. So coming back to the story. So we were <laughs> I had forgotten that announcement. So we were coming in the car. So the sound system, the mic and the speakers were in my friend's car and he was driving with his wife and I was ahead in my car and I came to the temple first. And then I realized, oh, I need that sound system because tomorrow morning I have a program. So then I called him and I was doing my, I was, I, I was writing my article, you know, I was, I was writing and I called him and I put the speaker on. I said, Prabhu, where are you? And he was driving the car and he also put the speaker on. And he said, Prabhu, I'm driving, I'm coming to the temple, I, I'll reach in half an hour. I said, Prabhu, don't forget to get the sound system and give it to me, I'll be in the room. Can you come over for five minutes? I also want to talk to you something. I, I, I just told him this. And he said, Yes, Prabhu, I'm coming over. I'm coming over. Thank you, Prabhu. I'll come. I said, Okay, see you, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. So I told him, Thank you. And then I forgot to hang up. The speaker was on. I forgot to hang up. And I continued working. And meanwhile, he said, Okay, okay, Prabhu, see you. Haribol. I'll come in half an hour. And then he continued driving. And he forgot to hang up. He didn't realize that the speaker is on and he doesn't know that I am also hearing and suddenly I heard his wife was sitting next to him shout at him <laughs> and I had always seen her as a very you know very gracious woman who would be in the temple Hare Krishna Prabhu and I would go to their house serve prasadam 
but here and he's a very close friend of mine i known him since day one in kc and now i knew his wife also because you know they were struggling to get married and they have they have they have now been married for 5 4 5 years and she's telling him now you'll go and sit with prabhu ji and i'll sit in the car and he's in the brahmachari ashram so i have to just sit here and you you ah, she started saying so many things you're always you know not doing this thing and not doing, and he's he's only saying hmm hmm <laughs> <laughs> nothing else he's saying nothing else and she's just and i was at first shocked this is her voice and then i was like and i knew i, I shouldn't be doing it i knew i was doing wrong she's dropping but it was too tempting <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't resist it because she's shouting at him and i was like and then it went on for a few minutes and then i felt guilty and then it disconnected and then i continued working and sure enough in half an hour he came with the sound system and he was in a hurry he kept the sound system the mic and he was running away because during that conversation which i heard i remember her telling him that you know you have to come back early because you have to go home and the maid will come you have to clean up the house you can't just be sitting with prabhu ji all the time for hours you sit with him and no so so i could see that he was in a sense of hurry kept it and he was running away i said wait 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 prabhu wait He said, "No, yeah, Prabhu, I kept. So we'll meet later." I said, "No, wait, wait, relax. We can spend some time talking." <laughs> I knew all that. Th- I was just doing some mischief, you know, just having fun with him. And he's saying, uh, uh, "Yes, Prabhu, but we, we, I have to go. And I, you know, the maid is going to come, and there's some work here. No, no, I said, please sit, please sit." He was so nervous. And then I made fun of him. I said, "Prabhu, you know what? Sorry, but I heard your conversation with your wife, and his his lower jaw dropped. You heard?" I said, "Yes, Prabhu." How much she chastises you? And then he said, "Prabhu, what you heard was not even a trailer." <laughs> <laughs> so we were we laughed about it. And then he came after a few days. We met again, and then he said something very interesting. He said we were talking okay, some other time. He said, "Prabhu, actually, we I and my wife we share a deep relationship. You know, we are very glad we are there for each other. But it's not always it's not always the sweet love that you see in movies." there also chastisement there's also correction there's rebuke and there's also feedback so then i told him this is exactly our relationship with krishna also we can't expect krishna to only say only you know we can't expect to hear only goody goody things in krishna consciousness we will come face to face with our inadequacies with our anarthas and that's very humbling so therefore listen when you pray is an integral part of connecting with krishna so first is scriptures studying scriptures and second listen and once we have done these two then then our prayer sessions become very effective and very meaningful because then you come in front of krishna make a commitment keep that commitment and come back return and report to krishna so i'll stop here for some time if there are any questions we could take now before we go ahead hari krishna any comments or questions at this point of time yes why do we pray when krishna already has a plan for us Prahlad Maharaj, you know, in the seventh canto, when he's praying to Lord Narasimha Devi, says, "Naivo dvije paradurate avaita ranyas tvagaya na magna chitta." He says, "I don't need to pray to you, my dear Lord. I don't need anything from you." Hmm. 
ततो शोचति विमुक इंद्रियार्तास माया सुखाया बरम मुद्बहतो विमोडा निसेस बट आई प्रे फॉर द फूल्स एंड रास्कल्स वो टर्न्ड अवे फ्रॉम मी देर आर वेरी एडवांस्ड प्योर डिवोटीज वो डोंट प्रे टू कृष्णा फॉर देयर मटेरियल वेलबीइंग फॉर देयर सिचुएशन बिकॉज़ कृष्णा इज टेकिंग केयर ऑफ देम दे आर जस्ट कंसर्न्ड अबाउट अदर्स बट वी आर नॉट देयर येट एंड इफ अ चाइल्ड डजंट गो टू हिज पेरेंट्स फॉर व्हाट ही नीड्स हु विल ही गो टू सो एट व्हाटएवर लेवल वी आर we need to turn to krishna so of course we don't ask for material things but honesty is the basis of our relationship with krishna see when when i joined the ashram we used to have monthly exams uh, on bhagavad gita and i was desperate to come first in those exams it's a very stupid desire but i'll, I'll tell you about the psychology behind it we i come from an academic background i had already done my graduation and i had done, I had done two masters degrees and in our ashram already there were people who were from from an academic background so i felt a sense of competitiveness and at the same time i was ashamed of uh, this desire to excel in a bhagavad gita study for the brahmacharis when and in, in the bhagavatam classes daily we would be hearing we have to be servant of servant we have to serve you know and then i was like oh, i would memorize these verses you know and in the monthly exam you know gauranga prabhu got 98 and i got 93 over next test i have to get 100 now i have to get more than everyone you know i i It was very, very. I was sick about that, but I couldn't resist that passion. You know, that passion was unstoppable. That desire was overwhelming, but I knew it is wrong. So what do I do? I mean, it just didn't make sense. So I went to Gorang Prabhu, and I told him, Prabhu, I'm really struggling with this. And I, I know it's stupid to desire to come first in an exam with other brahmacharis. We have given our lives to serve and not excel academically and compete with each other. So what do I do? So he said, "Go and ask Krishna that you want to come first in the exams." And I said, "But isn't it very mundane, very materialistic? Shouldn't should I be asking for pure service and compassion? And you know, I don't need to ask anything because Krishna is already giving me everything." Then he said something very interesting, which I have never forgotten in my life. He said, "Prayers means ask what you want from Krishna, but end with another prayer." And this is what I started doing. I said, "Krishna." I am. I really want to come first in these exams. Please help me. Like Guru Maharaj asked for a kingdom. You know, he went to the forest because he wanted a kingdom greater than his great grandfather. So I was like praying like this. this two, there were two steps in my prayer. First was, Krishna, I want to come first in the exams. Please, Krishna, help me. I really want to come first. I want to show them that I am really good. This is the first. But the second step of the prayer was the best part, where, as guided by Gorang Prabhu, I would pray like this: Krishna, I am a fool. I don't know what I should be praying for, but right now I've asked for this. Please give me the intelligence that when I come to you the next time, I ask for something that is healthy for my spiritual life. But right now I want this. You see the beauty in this prayer. You are being honest also. At the same time, you are also admitting to Krishna that you want to elevate your consciousness. You want to progress. You don't want to be stuck where you are. so this is how a devotee prays you know we don't we don't want material things at the same time we are not advanced pure vaishnavas so we we are not we are not at reach we are work in progress so we are we want to go there so better we pray for what we need and then we also tell krishna please you you know the best and then that's a proper thought as a prayer when whenever we ask anything we say we end it by saying if krishna so desires proper said you no know, krishna willing 
prayers may not have power but our prayers is not our prayers is an attempt to come closer to krishna see our prayers may not necessarily solve our problems because krishna knows best right so what is whatever whatever krishna has destined for us that's that's going to happen so our prayers may not necessarily solve our problems but our prayers will certainly bring us closer to krishna and that will solve a much bigger problem is that clear so our prayers may not solve our problem we may not exactly be doing a great thing by prayers in the sense we may not be able to change krishna's plan but when we pray we are coming closer to krishna we are remembering krishna and that solves a much bigger problem of our existence in the material world so we pray not for the fulfillment of our desires somewhere deep within we pray so that we can come closer to krishna we remember krishna and as i said prayer is not simply expressing and asking from krishna prayers also means listen listen when you pray so when the class is going on when you are listening that's also an element of prayer and the kirtan is going on when you are simply taking part so that's also prayer when you are present when you are mindful that is prayer in krishna conscious activity of course so like that we uh, so prayer is not simply you know there are four elements of prayer one is if you see kunti marani's prayers pralad marani you'll find this consistently in all the prayers of bhagavatam first is praising the lord be honest how many times have you come in front of the lord and you have praised the lord <laughs> we generally ask right i want this i want this i want this praise is one of the most important it's it's how most of the prayers begin second is gratitude like kunti aunt thank you thanks is a very important element of prayer but it is not simply gratitude in general way i've seen devotees say prabhu thank you for everything that everything is very abstract but if you see kunti marani's prayers even pralad maharaj they're not saying krishna thank you for everything kunti marani specific she says thank you krishna for 1 2 3 yata rishikesha kalena devaki kamse naruddhati chiram suchartita विमोचिताहम च सहात्मजा विभो त्वये वनाते न मुहुर्विपद्गणात् शी सेस थैंक यू कृष्णा यू सेव्ड देवकी व्हेन शी वाज इन द प्रेजेंट सेल ऑफ कंसा कंसे नुदात विचरम विमोचिताहम च सहात्मजा विभो यू सेव्ड माय चिल्ड्रन व्हेन दे वर इन द फॉरेस्ट एंड देन शी सेस द नेक्स्ट वर्स विशान महाग्ने पुरुषाद दर्शनात् हाउ डिड यू सेव मी एंड आवर चिल्ड्रन माय चिल्ड्रन when bima was fed a poison cake you saved him and when bakasura attacked you saved us asat sabaya vanavasa krishrita when draupadi was inserted in the royal assembly you protected her and then when we went in the agyatvas the pandavas were in my, my sons were in the incognito for one year that time you saved them so you see what she is doing she is not simply saying thank you krishna for everything 
This is what makes prayers very sweet. When we don't simply say thank you Krishna, we say thank you Krishna for one, two, three, four. Specific. Mrude mrude neka maharatastrato dronast tashasmahare virakshita. She is thanking Krishna now for saving Parikshit when you are in the womb of his mother. So, she, so this is how we pray. So this is the second element of prayer. First is praising the Lord. Second is thanking the Lord. Third is begging forgiveness. All great swallowed Vaishnavas, when they have prayed to the Lord, they have sought forgiveness from the Lord. And last is request, asking from the Lord what we need. Of course, Prahlad Maharaj didn't want anything. The Lord forced him. The Lord ordered him to uh, uh, take a gift. And he says, and then he says, My dear Lord, are you are you doing a business dealing with me? <laughs> I'm not, I don't have a mercantile relationship with you. I don't want anything from you. You know, in my one lecture, Srila Prabhupada says, So the gopis of Vrindavan... When Krishna came back from herding the cows, the go uh, this is very funny example, the funny way Prabhupada says, the gopis did not go and check Krishna's pocket. What you have brought for me, what, what you have brought for us from the forest. The gopis were not interested in taking something out of Krishna. So that's the highest level. But at our level, we can ask Krishna for whatever we need, but end with the prayer. So like that. So when we are praying for other devotees also, you know, sometimes Krishna may not listen to our prayer. We may think like that. But at least we are coming closer to Krishna. So that's the whole idea. Stop here. We'll continue again later if we have a session. But essence of the uh, discussion on how prayers and scripture studies, we can elevate our consciousness by these five steps. First is, what is the first step? Who would like, one person has to answer. Who would like to answer? What is the first step in elevating our consciousness through scriptures and prayers? Yes, Gopinath. Studying, Studying or hearing scriptures consistently, not once in a blue moon. Like if you are boiling water in a kettle, the electricity supply has to be consistent. You can't be heating the water for 10 seconds and then 10 seconds no electricity. It has to be consistent. That is the first step. Second step? Yes, Mark. Listen when you pray. Third? Yes. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. Fourth? Yes. Keep the commitment. And fifth and most important, and return and report to Krishna. And we discussed in uh, detail about the importance of scriptures and listening when you pray. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Ram Hare Hare. Shla Prabhupada ki jai. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.